Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo! Welcome to 
Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of December 4th, 2015. I almost said it was like 1996. I don't know why. The year is 1996. Ocarina of Time is about to... It's about to come out. Uh, no, it's 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 2015, and it's the we're nearing the end of 2015, which is usually when By the we time start this episode is up, it'll be... Reflecting, yeah. talking about the year. I'm Jose Otero. This is Nintendo's... Uh, excuse me, IGN's Nintendo show. This is Brian Altano. Rap, rap. This is Pear Schneider. Hello. Who? Uh, <laughs> that's it. Hello. That's it. No, I was I was making making fun of your your posting times, and I figured I'd oh, incur wrath. Yeah. But sometimes we're late. I apologize, dear listener. But one thing I'm not going to apologize for is that we have a lot of things to talk about today. Um, Kimishima spoke to Time Magazine. Yeah. There's some topics we need to talk about there. There are games we played over the holiday holiday break, and why don't we start with? The Badge Arcade. Yeah. So have you guys checked out Badge Arcade? No. I did when it was out in Japan, and then I've briefly oh, with right. uh, America. So, so let, let's talk about this. Uh, if you're not familiar familiar with it, uh, over Down the two. oh yeah, in the last I would say year or two, uh, Nintendo's focused a lot on customization on the 3DS front um, through themes, through uh, the, the themes now bring in different folders uh, and stuff like music. that. Music, music, mm-hmm. all, yeah. all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, so this Badge Arcade is their next foray into. Uh, free to play, uh, which is a little disingenuous because I don't think it doesn't. As someone who plays free to play games on iPhones and stuff like that, it doesn't feel exactly free to play. It feels like they gave you just enough to give you a little bit, but you really got to pull the money out. What's so like anyway, one item a day? Is that the something free thing? Like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you're lucky. Well, yeah. and for for folks who aren't sure what we're talking about, this is a game based around the claw machine, which is a a Ooh, staple in yeah. yeah in Japan. This is a huge deal. Um, in terms of that, that is, I guess, a popular way to get prizes. Yeah. Um, Every arcade in Japan has has, has multiple one, ones, yeah. and they've got really cool things inside. Yeah. And so this is a game based around that. But you are grabbing things that you can put on either the bottom screen of your 3ds as as decoration. Yep. Or if you get enough of those, you even get a background if you spend money. Yeah. So go ahead. So yeah, you can collect themes through it, but the main crux of this thing is using the claw to pick up one or hopefully set off a chain reaction that will tip a few of these badges into the hole where you get your prizes. Um, now, some of these are purely cosmetic. Some actually can replace your sort of regular functional buttons there, like your eShop or your settings buttons, all the crap that's cluttering up your home screen. Yeah. Um, now, this is a cool idea because I'm all for customization, and it gives you a good incentive to keep checking back because they're constantly – cycling out different characters and themes. They did like a Pikmin week and then a Pokemon a couple of days. It was Animal Crossing stuff for a while. Uh, where it gets tough is that it's a dollar for five claw grabs, but you get to use the practice machine every single day for five claw grabs, which don't actually count for anything. But one out of every 10 of the ones that you catch might give you a free play in mm. the regular mode. So five fake claw grabs equal one real one and blah, 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 blah. Uh, to get to all of this is kind of a pain mm. because you have this wise talking rabbit who's in the corner who speaks in a lot of like kind of tropey memes and stuff like that, which I, you know I'm not as enthused about because I feel like it kind of murders the time. You feel like that's your job? Well, ho- yeah. I mean, not. Re- I hope not. Hopefully not. I feel like that's been kind of an issue with Nintendo uh, localization in the last few years. Is there's a lot of like. Like lolcats, and you know somebody set us up the bomb. They're trying to be contemporary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some sometimes they succeed, and sometimes not right. so well. And I don't know if contemporary and Nintendo work very well hand in hand because I feel like where they're most powerful is when they're timeless. You know, I oh, feel no, like definitely. I think any story like that—that's the case. But I have seen a few like more current references that do make me smile because yeah. I just feel like wow, this this. 
I'm going to look back on this years from now and remember this reference, yep. and it's going to set off that chain reaction. Whereas older video games from like the 90s, they don't set off that. No, that, no, no. That like, kind and of I, I will say there was the, what was it, Super Paper Mario, where they're making fun of message, message board, board trolls and stuff like that. And I yeah. thought that was really cute. It's really yeah, smart. Yeah, it's really smart. So my issue with this, and this is sort of like, a, I'm going to use this to kind of launch into some other stuff we'll talk about today, but the, uh, the mobile approach that they're hopefully going to head into soon um, is kind of tied with the free-to-play stuff they've been doing with Rusty's Real Deal Baseball and Pushmo World and Badge Arcade. And even uh, Steel Diver. Steel Diver. Yeah. yeah, a couple of things like that. Now, when I sit down to play an iPhone game, I want to jump in there and get what I, what I want out of it immediately. You yeah. know, I need like 20 seconds from pushing that icon to playing something or doing something or interacting with something. Slow. This, this one talks to you. Well, it's like Splatoon. Non-stop. Yeah. No. Uh, Splatoon was even less chatty. I feel. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. This that rabbit can talk. Yeah, and it's Not. like. <laughs> so I feel like Mips. some a couple of my issues with this game because I do like the idea of using a claw machine every day to collect a cool thing, a, a tchotchke to put on your home screen. I love that concept. Yeah, no. it's I a think great, it's really great cute. idea, and it it gamifies something that can lose its special factor really fast. Yeah. right? like on Xbox, like you customize your dashboard once, and then you're like, eh, you forget about it and never yeah. do it again. Yeah, or I have but, like themes on PS4. But there's and stuff a reason like that. to come back yeah. here and like to strive to get something. <clears throat> like it's really cool. I have this little thing going now where it's all eight bit Mario characters, but on top of the question blocks, which are my folders, are Pikmin standing there holding mm-hmm. up little icons for the settings in the eShop. Aww. And I'm like, that's adorable. Yeah. And that wouldn't have been possible a few weeks ago without this yeah. program. So now this is here, my issue with it is that it feels completely disconnected from itself. When you try to go check out themes or you go to check out to buy something, uh, buying anything through a 3DS or a Wii U still feels incredibly antiquated in 2015. We've talked on the show before about how it's like 14, 15 steps. So this feels like you accidentally click Are on something. Are you sure it's 14, 15 it's steps? It's a lot. Are it's, you really sure it's what? Uh, yeah, are you sure? Set up the, yeah. Are you sure you want to do this? Sure? Yeah. Do you own this game? Do you own the, yeah. <laughs> you I, tell do me. you want to download it now? Are you sure? Right now? Like, are now or you're now or later? Sorry, now. this is the truth. Yeah. Like, I, I, okay, on if, three. If, One, two, yeah. and? No, no, not. Yeah. And I want the, the reason that uh, I spend money on iPhone stuff is that it's so thought, it's so completely seamless. I don't think about it at all for a second. Oh, it's 99 cents. Cool. That's a dollar. You know, I've been playing this thing for free for a month. I'll throw them a dollar. It hits, I hit a button, a thing comes up. You sure? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, done. This bumps me out to the eShop, which I can't do unless I'm connected to somewhere, which uh, then if I'm trying to buy a theme, brings me to a theme elevator, which doesn't even work, that brings you outside of the program entirely and brings you to the theme shop, which is connected to your home screen on 3DS. It's all very completely disconnected, long-winded, and slow. It's making an image out of really weird-sized puzzle pieces. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessary. And they don't and fit. My worry is that if they're going to head into the mobile space, they have to start thinking quicker in all We've of this We've been talking stuff. about that. Yeah. You know, they really need to make sure all of this stuff is synergistic and that it makes sense and it's cohesive and there's a language to all of it. Because right now it feels like I'm getting babbled to by this uh, meme talking rabbit, which I take it or leave it. But then I go to spend money or I go to do something for free and every decision is another five minutes or two minutes or 30 seconds or 90 seconds and it's all of it detracts from my overall experience and it makes me not want to go back I I feel like and I don't want to defend them here but I feel like the problem that I see is that the way they're approaching it is almost as if they're talking to the youngest member of the audience to children No, I feel like they're trying to be aware of that but I feel like they're overlooking the fact that there are so so many of those kids so many of their parents interact with digital buy things digitally all the time. And I love that they have like really cute explanations for like, for example, the bunny tells you, hey, uh, we're sorry that we charge for this stuff, but 
we got to pay the bills around this place. Yeah. You know, yeah, like it's, funny. It, it's not, it, it was really cute tongue in cheek stuff. Mm. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's safe to assume that everyone that uses your device has never used something like this before. Right. And I feel like that's where a lot of the chattiness is coming from. I mean, how do you, what do you, what do you think? It's a good question. I mean, like on the, in the, iPhone world, right? There was the infamous Smurf game and the Smurf, Smurf berries. Yeah. And like kids didn't know that hitting this button would actually cost money. And even if they even if they knew, they're like, eh, it's not my money. Who's ever gonna know? Right. Yep. Like kids do that. My kids have repeatedly turned on data plans on their, their phones <laughs> while they're like on, on vacation in Germany. Cause they're like, eh, who's gonna notice, right? And yeah. then of course I know you get the bill. There's a paper oh, trail. Yeah. You can you can talk yourself out of those international bills. So if anybody ever experiences that just call customer service and say it was your kit and they wave it what if you don't um, have any if you do it like five times <laughs> you can make what up if you, wait, do they have for, ask for birth certificates no you... <laughs> no, no they're very understanding but but like smurf berries did that right I, I don't know though if if it is as wide widely known as you say it is i just i just feel like you don't have to warn hey, that much on the 3ds because it is not as turnkey as on this device where you right. you know put your thumbprint on or, right. or, or whatever but there are billions of that mm. device right no, no, there no. there's three of them on the table yeah. we're three for three on smartphones here I, and that that's anecdotal that's like the a local comparison but it's still a thing but i'm not convinced that the target and most active 3ds audience is the Active mobile play. Oh no! So you're saying that, that is yeah. there is a little bit of a of a kind of an, a lost island. Not to compare 3ds users to dinosaurs, but it's it's a different it's a different type of gamer who is electing to play on this device and pay like forty bucks for a game. So you think that this this pacing and this language they're using currently on no. that ecosystem is not going to carry over to iPhone? Because I my worry I'm, is that it will. I'm hoping not because they do have DNA and D, uh, they are very focused on. Point of sale, quick conversion. I mean, yeah. that's their business, right? I cannot imagine DNA will, would let them do it, would let them George Lucas mm-hmm. this and not speak up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's no. a certain see, like you a ma- certain way that they do business, and there's I, a certain way Nintendo does. I things. mean, you mentioned Splatoon. I think that was a big hang-up with that game. Was that jumping in? You got talked to for a few minutes before Did actually you? playing. Am I crazy? I played like two hundred hours of that game. I don't remember being talked to like a hundred hours of it. To... We're getting now. No, the, the, <laughs> stage, Sorry, the play, stage load. Uh, I, the other day, oh, you're talking about when you power the thing yeah, on yeah, yeah, and that's the Switch sisters decide to talk you. But, yeah. but even, by the way, oh, even, I'm with that. Okay. Like, think about it this way. Even when you want to buy a weapon, you, let's say you haven't turned on the game for two weeks. You're like, okay, I'm just going to quickly click on this icon. There's a shortcut, right, to go to the weapons guy. And then the weapons guy is not going to let you buy something. He's going to tell you first. See, he all doesn't the bother new me stuff. either because he he's almost like uh, Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid Three. That he's like this gun nut who can't help but talk about this. Yeah, stuff. but they all do but that. The problem is it's not it's not a fast thing. The, like you could skip. But, that wait, hold on. The problem is you cannot hit the start button. And bypass the banter. Like, no. Yeah, and that's the problem. I don't yeah. need to know yeah. what you've got in if you have a new icon on there. And we, we, dock, sure. we dock points on the last Mario and Luigi game for, for being overly chatty, oh, too. Man. And then yeah. if you look at something yeah. like Skyward Sword, which told you every single oh, yeah. time when yeah, you got yeah. a rupee. Yeah. Like, don't use the language yeah. we dock points. I think people uh, don't. People should never associate reviews with math. Like yeah, I, I just yeah, don't right. say that. Don't don't propagate that. Please. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Shut it uh, down. We We didn't like that game as much. 
Because it's, <laughs> I don't know how to put Are that. Are we talking to kids now? No. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're talking to everybody, and that's why it is. We have we a table, and yeah. we put all the things we don't like, and, and then, then we, we assign take them points off. to it. No, that's not true. And um, the claw comes down. But I think this, like, this, this, it's not necessarily a problem of being overly chatty, but I think it is going to be a problem when they move to a quicker space, which is mobile. Is it repetition, though? Is it like, are there certain things that you know? You know how to do it, and then the chatter is just repetition. Oh, the, rabbit well, loves I, talk, the rabbit loves. Yeah, to I talk would say the, the Splatoon stuff telling you about the same three maps. Of the, you know, your your character telling you about uh, what a, what five rupees looks like every single yeah. time. Hey, look, you found another hey, rupee. They, they, they found them at the store. They, they toned, toned that, that down. down. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's let's be fair. A Link Between Worlds, Majora's Mask remake, even uh, Triforce Heroes. You're not getting the here's the uh, the, the idiot's guide to rupees. Like that's not a thing. Yeah. I, I just want to say I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm coming yeah. to the rescue and, only because I feel true. like they've worked on it. And that. it doesn't have – they did figure out some of that stuff pretty early on, right? Like they were in, – in Ocarina of Time, you can read a sign that says do not cut signs. And yeah. that's how you learn <laughs> that you can cut them, right? Yeah. But it's optional. So they, they're not always – they don't always And no, you're up. right. Yeah. And I know I, I would say like, you mm-hmm. know, tentpole games like Mario Kart and Smash Brothers have been incredibly good at just letting you jump right mm-hmm. in. Pick out what you want to pick out and play, you yeah, know. Yeah. So uh, I don't think it's a problem across the board for them, but, but it is something one. that's kind of a murmur here and there. And I do worry that it's going to carry over to iPhones where people have no attention span and they'll just jump into Angry Birds or something else. And they're going to miss out on a lot of cool stuff because this barrier to entry is just chatty enough that it will push them away. I think yeah. they've, they'll figure it out for mobile. Yeah, I hope I'm, so. I'm in, I'm in yeah, the yeah. same boat, but it, we're going to get to more later uh, maybe some – some talk about not just that, but even NX, right? And, and in terms of what they have to get right there. Cool. So uh, I should download nice this uh, badge claw thing. You, yeah. you should. You should try. I, it. I saw I the video. Someone who I've lived in Japan, looked, you you would appreciate it. The, I, I love way. the customization, but like I, you know, I do worry that mm. it, it it feels very like that kind of stuff can feel very money grubby. You know? Oh, it is. Yeah. Um, hang on. Speaking of money, have you spent any real money on this? I have not yet. Right? Really? No, I have not. And I have a bunch of. I have a, some... no. Gotta have Mario stamp or something. Well, some so the thing is, I have a tough time being okay with it because spending money doesn't guarantee I'm going to get anything, and it does feel like an arcade. Like that's actually pretty smart of them. But if there's a badge I see there, spending a dollar on five plays doesn't mean I'm going to get it. Because I'm not automatically guaranteed. So I think to if pick you spend a dollar or you spend a certain amount, you're guaranteed a theme they give you anyway. Because I've done this with the Japanese one. Sure. The where theme- I spent a, cer- a certain amount of money and they said, okay, and yes, I'm going to out myself. I have tried That's to fine. support this thing. Yeah. Um, you don't have to feel I bad did, about I did it. Money. I did it for science. Uh, I swear. <laughs> How dare you pay for uh, games? <laughs> I know, right? Who knew? Um, well, another game then that we should talk about right now. Uh, do you want to talk about Fast Racing Neo first? Yeah. Typo Man or that game that everyone wants a review of already and I still haven't posted on the site. Oh, that thing. That thing. Uh, I forget the name of it because I've only played like 51 hours <laughs> of it and it's still not over. Um, you know, these things do become a running joke after a while. Like Marty Sleva was supposed to review Duck Dynasty for us a year ago. And I remember did. that. He still and, didn't and review that? Still didn't review it. What? Probably not going to. April 1st, he's St- going to yeah, do it. Still gets tweets every day about oh, it. Oh, man. So. so let's just quickly talk about Typo Man. That's okay. the, the most recent one I played. Uh, did you guys, you tried it a little bit? I got a little bit into right? it. It's, a, it's an oh. indie game from a, from a fairly small team. Um, it is very much like Limbo. 
Yeah. So kind of like the shadow graphics, right? Your character is actually made out of letters, <laughs> you know, that the whole like it's less about being about typos as it, as it is that, you know, typesets are used in the levels, in the puzzles, and in the character. Yeah, you kind of awaken in this uh, font graveyard yeah. or junkyard basically and then start off as a letter zero or whatever. And then – A-legs. And then so, move yeah. – yeah, as you move along through the world, you pick up. Uh, letters that become your body parts, which I thought was really clever. You know, it's it's very cool looking. It is. And the puzzles are all centered around trying to figure out, like, you know, there may be some letters and they don't spell anything. And mm-hmm. if you actually put them in the right order, you can put, you can hold the shoulder buttons and push and pull and pick up and throw and yeah. stuff, right? Like, you can move one letter to the middle, form a word, and then that word will unlock something in the environment. And, like, the word describes the action, right? Like, open could yeah. be a word and it will open the door but it may say pino <laughs> when you get there right like yep. yeah that's right Jose I said it he said pino it's a um, kind of thing and, uh, and it's a type this, of wine uh, to, to keep moving it's a family and, and then it's got uh, no it's got like the the <laughs> The thing I didn't like, I think the performance is kind of iffy. Like it for a game that is as simple, you know, a 2D game yep. with shadow graphics, like the performance isn't as great. It like feels a little choppy sometimes. It does, you yeah. Know, you notice that? Yeah. So um, it, 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 it's not, it looks beautiful. It's not going to dazzle you with the technology. It has some really clever thoughts, I mm-hmm. thought. And then it does have – it does feel a little bit limbo-ish. Like, yeah. you know, you have the exact sequence where you're being followed by a monster yeah. kind of like and you have to escape. And the art style and, is similar too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say, you know, like add it to your wish list. I, I would probably – I would – out, I would outright recommend it right now, I think. But if, if it's one of those things you're waiting on a price drop or whatever uh, or an eShop sale, which happens all the time, it's totally a nice little sort of like stocking stuff or filler game to put on your Wii U. I mean, you, you, even if an indie game is not top-notch, you're always supporting a really good cause, yeah. right? That's giving sometimes budding developers, sometimes very experienced developers, you're, fu- you're helping fund their next project. Yeah. And like, it's obvious this, this team is smart. They know what they're doing. The game is fun. I had yeah. a lot of fun with it so far. I'll, I'll keep on playing it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, what else do you want to talk about? Shinen. Shinen. Yeah. Fast Racing, Racing Neo. Neo. Yes, yeah, so game just... we've got it in the office uh, this week. So if you're not familiar with this, this is a sort of a, a German development team making yep. what essentially Nintendo don't uh, an F Zero <laughs> successor, yep. you know, fast paced racing game. Uh, we've got some videos of it up on IGN. Actually, we played some split screen multiplayer, and uh, we've also played some single player. Very traditional in terms of his presentation. Being an arcade racer, I think the voice of the announcer is the same racing announcer from, from the last F Zero from GX. Yeah, yeah. from GX. Really? I think that's a really cute nod. Um, in terms of gameplay, it is high speed racing at sixty frames per second, seven twenty p. I think is native if you care about that stuff. Yeah. Um, and the hook is that you, on top of just going as fast as you can and trying to learn the course and make breakneck turns at uh, amazing turns at breakneck speeds is that you uh, You have a thruster that can change colors. Your thruster is either orange or blue. Mm-hmm. And you want to match the thrust that you currently have equipped with the pad, you're, the speed pad you're about to hit. If you are on a blue thrust, but you hit an orange pad, it slows you down gradually, but it kills your speed. Like, and it happens very mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. So the idea is they have to match, you boost forward. They have to match, you boost forward. You're picking up orbs to also uh, fill up a boost meter, and you can tear off and take off with that as well. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, the strangest thing about it to me 
is that in terms of colliding with other racers and coming from F-Zero, like the last F-Zero GX was pretty mean in terms of like having a way <laughs> to like slam into people and it was aggressive. It felt like, the shoulder get out slam, of my way. Yeah. This <clears throat> game doesn't feel quite as aggressive and I think that's a good thing. But when you do collide with other cars, you spin out wildly and sometimes it's hard to tell. I haven't played enough to tell if I'm just hitting them in the wrong spot or if there's a spot you can hit to trigger the spin out. But eventually one guy will spin out, the other one will keep going depending on how the collision takes place. Um, and so that that's just rubbing me a little weird. Outside of that, looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Stage design is really cool. Um, they've got a level set in space that looks like it is the Death Star trench run. It looks it is gorgeous. so yeah. cool. And it's, there are zero G segments in that that are just amazing. Now these cool. these guys are technical wizards. They always have been able to take uh, a kind of historically underpowered Nintendo platform. Yeah, and breaks something out of it that is They're just... kind of like the modern Factor 5, I feel yeah, like. You know? no, totally. Yeah, totally. And yeah. like I even... My, one of the biggest shocks to me, you know, and I've downloaded in the last few weeks, I downloaded, uh, what was it? Star Wars Battlefront and Just Cause 3, like huge, yeah. huge games. And I went to download this game last night and it was like... It's tiny, right? Or something like that. It's, yeah, yeah I, I don't know if any of those guys are from like the demo coding scene back yeah. in the days or anything, but they seem to be really efficient with their code. I mean, the uh, it looks really pretty when you see it running in yeah. 60 frames per second, and you're, you're going to post some some more videos of yeah, that. Yeah, we're going right? to post some. Uh, it um, comes out next week on the eShop yeah. in Europe and North America. Yeah, These I, are the guys that worked on, was it Nanostray yeah, at the, right. at the yeah. Wii yep. launch? The, um, they've done the old Iridion games for Game Boy stuff. Advance, yeah. which were like top-down 3D shooters that were, had polygons in them. They, like There are always games where like when you see them running, you're like, wait, what platform is it on? Yeah. Every time. And it's the same with this <clears> game. When people see it running, they're like, wait, this is on Wii U? Yep. I mean, it is... It it is it is a little pixelated, right? Um, uh, but it is blazingly fast, and it looks really beautiful effects wise. The only thing, I mean, the only thing you could leverage against it is it it's in dire need of an identity, right? Yeah. And as a fan of, name, of of fast, name. Uh, as a fan of kind of like fast paced cyber like sci fi racers, like I was a big Wipeout fan, big F Zero fan. Are you an Extreme that. G guy? Well, I loved Extreme. Me too. G. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Well, Wipeout and F Zero are awesome names. That and even F Zero like sounds like some crazy F one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like this, this uh, exactly. It's yeah. it's the number before one, but. but uh, Fast racing, Neo. fast racing, new. It sounds a like a description name. of a game, right? Yeah, and like, like it, it does. It tries to sound. It, it's F. Tries Neo. to sound edgy. Yeah. It tries to sound. F Neo probably would have been too close to F Zero, so they couldn't do it. It yeah. tries to also sound. Also, sounds like, like you don't like the Matrix very much. But keep going. Uh, <laughs> F Neo. Um, it's <laughs> that's amazing. Thank uh, you. It, it needs an identity. I, I like that they have the spin out because um, it doesn't feel like the offensive F-Zero-GX. It doesn't feel like Wipeout where bumping into ships is kind of like it's a nuisance but it doesn't screw you up. It's more right. like pole position where it's mm. like you touch that other car, it's major yeah, trouble. And, avoid it. and it's not a weapon-based racer like no. uh, Wipeout either. Right? Or Extreme G. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't tried Hero Mode yet. I don't know if you guys have. I've only played no, uh, uh-huh. Split Screen and that. But – if you've got the F Zero itch, that's not a disease. Yeah. That's that's an actual like you yeah. miss F Zero. This could be a cool replacement for you. You should definitely look into it. Check it out. Um, I think it's fifteen bucks. 
Yeah. Um, if I'm remembering right. I, I will say it's probably <clears throat> almost definitely not as difficult as GX was. So Dude, if you're going into that. Yeah. Or even the 64 one. That game hated your friends. It hated Dude, you. the SNES one was hard as hell. Yeah, like those, the, the F-Zero games have always been some of the most incredibly difficult games Nintendo makes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and man, I miss them. But we have this in the meantime. I, I wrote some of the guides for them on IGN. So the the GBA one and the oh, yeah. GX one. Did you break a thumb GX, playing this? I was, I was so mad at that game. <laughs> Seriously, like some of the challenges were so ridiculous. Where, where you'd win just by a hair. Oh, yeah. No, and, the, the uh, one with uh, Samurai Goro and those dumb rocks that fall on you. I see that guy's face. I, I'll, I'll be driving in California and I'll be on one like a cliffside. And I'll, yeah. I think about that level and I get angry. <laughs> and, then, like, and then writing a, a guide for that game is like, well, you know. Yeah. It's, try your best. Do your best. The game is trying <laughs> just to want to insert the, Just be the really Star Fox good. Sound good. Yeah. Luck. good luck. It's like when you used to read, uh, like, there'd be like cheat codes in cereal uh-huh. boxes, and it would be like, just be real awesome and use the best power you can. <laughs> You're like, what? That's, that's not helping me. Wor- Give me some cheats. That's the worst fortune cookie. <laughs> Do not die. <laughs> All right. But yeah, it's good Fair to enough. have a game like this. I wish it was, I wish Nintendo had made a little big, bigger deal out of this game. Mm-hmm. You know, like, put a little bit more oomph behind it like they did with World of Goo or some of right. these other games. But, you know, maybe... I think they're trying. Yeah. I mean, I, they, they featured it in a direct. They mm-hmm. spotlighted at uh, their PAX event at, at uh, in Seattle. Yeah. They are promoting this game. Maybe not as hard as Shovel Knight. Like, we got, yeah. like, emails about Shovel Knight. Honestly, yeah. to, um, to me, the biggest... Shovel Knight was on everyone's Yeah. Well, ahead. yeah, the Shovel Knight thing was, like, it was interesting how much that was aligned with Nintendo from the jump, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but I think the the biggest make or break for these kind of things is homepage placement on the eShop. Like yeah. that is mm-hmm. seeing that huge fast race Neo logo, the size of Mario or Zelda, like in those in those columns where those three characters are all sitting next to each other. It and, does set uh, off your curiosity. It, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it makes you go, what what makes this worth? I mean, we do the same thing with IGN. We have those big cover images, and when you go to see the the stories on the site, that's our homepage of the New York Times. Uh, that. That really helps a lot of things. And I've, I've read tons of anecdotes from indie, de- indie devs who've had their stuff featured up there and have just been so excited to see them you know, up there with some of the big heavyweights in Nintendo history. So the big question from a lot of fans when they see this game and when you call it a spiritual successor to F-Zero and stuff, obviously, as the announcer, the big question is always like, why didn't Nintendo do like the Star Fox Adventures with this game, right? And right. said, oh, yeah, we totally forgot about F-Zero. Fill that gap. Here, here's here's some money. Put the characters in there, right? Like there's Falcon. Would depend yeah. on who approved. Like, I don't know if if uh, a game like that made by an independent developer goes through third party like licensing yep. or something. I don't know if those guys will like send the, the alert Japan. We've got an F zero alert. Like, I don't yeah. know if that's part noticed. of what they do. I, 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 I don't I mean, know that. The reason I would hope why, it is. The reason why it isn't is because either Nintendo wants to make an F-Zero of their own, or they're saying, hey, the time is not ready for this franchise. But it's right. interesting, though, for them to ignore that, only because yeah. it feels like now more than ever, they are trusting other companies. They trusted an Australian <laughs> porthouse to make Twilight Princess into HD, and we haven't played it yet. Yeah. And that's not a slam on if it's going to be, uh, the quality is good or bad. Yeah. But I'm saying that that happened, Tech McCoy with Zelda happened, Grezzo got trusted with like yep. three Zeldas so far, Majora's Mask 3D, Ocarina of Time 3D. I didn't realize uh, Grezzo worked on Triforce Heroes. Um, You're seeing it more and more. So why not? Well, because I think this one came around differently, right? I think Nintendo reached out. Nintendo started with the idea on the games you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. They said, we want to make this. And then they said, who can help us? I think this is very – indie devs are very different in this space because they have to go through uh, approval and certification. And I think Mm -hmm. at some of the – at that point, Nintendo's only finding out about some of these games for the very first time. There's a lot of stuff 
specifically on the Wii U eShop, where you're like, I don't think Nintendo knew about this until it came right into the pipeline because yeah. it's not good. Well, it's happened and to us. I mean, last year or two years ago, SteamWorld Dig just showed up. Yeah. And yeah. we were like, why didn't I know about this? And it ended up being a really good game. You yeah. love that I game. I love, you that, love game. that game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. But they've gotten better at it. Let, yeah. Let's be fair. Like, I don't mean to bring up that example. I feel like, if anything, I'm seeing Damon Baker and their, you know, their nindies and their branding. They're yeah. trying hard to to market it to people. Like, especially as, harder than Especially ever. as part of directs and stuff like that. Yeah, seeing that. They're trying that. I mean, to me, that's the same thing as placement in the eShop is having, you know, here's a Zelda trailer, here's Cloud and Smash Brothers, here's Nindies. Like, putting them all in the same space mm-hmm. is very is very powerful mm-hmm. of them, you know, to yeah. kind of create yeah. that ecosystem. No, I just think it's it's really interesting. There, there's been precedents, like, if you guys remember in the GameCube days, there was Battalion Wars, yep. which, you know, started as a a generic game and then got a little Advance Wars kind of yeah. b- uh, framework put on it. You know, Nintendo backed it, but then kind of was worried to call it Advance Wars because yeah. that's not what Advance Wars is, right? Like, that that didn't work at all for me, that kind of mm-hmm. partnership yeah. and, and yeah. influence on that. And obviously, Star Fox Adventures is yeah. one of those Or Capcom with, with Zelda. Right? They gave the, yeah. what was it, flagship? Flagship yeah, they did, made but, Zelda games But for that's Nintendo? where they started a team specifically to create these franchises, right? Like, with these others, it's like, through the development process, they then said, hey, let's add yeah. this license to it. Yeah. Could have happened with uh, with this and the F-Zero license. But I'm hoping that there is a plan for, uh, you know, revisiting the F-Zero world. Certainly, you know, they put Captain Falcon front and center in games like Smash Brothers and they have Amiibo. Mm. So hopefully we'll see a real one. And in the meantime, we get to play a really cool game from a smaller team that's very similar. Yeah. Okay. Cool, a cool cover song, basically, which I'm oh, I'm totally okay yeah. with. You know, if you well, can't see the band live, deal with the next best thing. Well, cool. and if you're looking for a, a double decker, triple decker album, uh, you should look into and you love RPGs. You should look into Xenoblade Chronicles X, which is is the, is the review that never ends. Um, it is. Uh, you've heard us talk about it on this show before. It is. Uh, you should be reading the review by the time you hear this. Uh, we'll definitely have it up on the site. Uh, apologies for how late it is, but this is a huge game. Uh, it's probably the biggest game I have ever reviewed in my career, and it is also the first time I have been late on a review for a big game. So, uh, like length-wise, you, you're saying biggest length, uh, scope, because I scale. Spent, I spent game, 200 hours in Fallout before. You know, not the new one, but the last this one. This game's use. When I say it's not just a, a question of length, because this easily feels like a hundred-hour game. Yeah. It's also just in terms of scale, sheer size of world. It is massive. Yeah. You started on Primordia. Primordia could have been enough. For another for another game, Primordia could easily be like Hyrule Field in most games, and mm-hmm. instead it has two more continents on the yeah. side, and a third to the north, and another one past that. And you're just like, man, there's so much real estate. What blew my mind is that yes, there is a 30 hour preamble to the Skells. The Skells are the big hulking mechs uh, that. Are, are possibly the coolest visual feature of this game. Every time you see it's it, it's what the you saw the when the game was announced. It's on the box. Yeah, yeah it's on the it's box. on the front yeah. cover. And you know what? They're front and center from the minute this effing game starts, and they are like, it's like a tease that uh-huh. you always see them driving around. You almost wish it was Grand Theft Mech, where you could just yeah. punch someone in the face and steal and it, take off with their ride because they're that cool looking. Well, it saves you thirty hours too. It would, but the thirty hours goes quick. I will okay. say that, and in the review I bring this up, the 30 hours to, to scale, time to scale is lengthy, but uh, you would think, but it goes by fast. And in that time, you are setting up a very big economy. So the thing I really like about this game is that the world is huge, and because you're on this hostile planet, you are exploring, basically setting up these mining posts to get resources, and that meranium and that money and that revenue 
can then be pumped into weapons development, can be pumped into uh, different organizations so that you'll get more equipment and you'll get more stuff developed. Like you're basically building up all of the war machine that is right. Thunderblade Chronicles and like Humanity's Last Stand or whatever. And then when you get the scale, you find out those things are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> they are like six-digit expensive. And wow. so by the time you get them, you have a big enough economy to sustain how much it costs to buy and not just that, to maintain. If you crash that thing, there's insurance. What? When you run out of insurance, you have to pay for them. And what? they are I thought they were on an alien expensive. planet. They are. But apparently the insurance brokers were, were, were spared on Noah's Ark. That is what? The, That's, the, that wouldn't the happen. White I, I play video games to get no away from things either. like that. Yeah. That's um, the escapism, escapism I'm looking for in a video uh-huh. game. No, no, no. But, but jokes aside, you get the scale. The scale's really cool. Once every character hits, once each character of your party hits level thirty, you can assign them a skull. You can buy them a skull. Uh huh. Assign it to them. The first hit's free. The first buy their free. own. Uh, slight spoiler. And uh, eventually, over time, you then get a prototype engine, and you can instead of be uh, running around the world in a skull, which is cool. Admittedly, you you you're running, you're moving faster than you would if you were running on foot. You can now fly everywhere. On top of a game that already has fast travel and is all about like finding these Meranian spots and finding these like hidden treasures and using them to make more stuff, it is so satisfying when you get that jet. Like it is so cool. Mm-hmm. That said, I did skip over one important fact, which is that when you get the skull license exam, and this is at the 30 hour mark, they give you the worst eight part fetch quest I have <laughs> ever seen in video game history. Like it is so amazingly tedious. There are fetch quest portions to it. And it's like, 30 hours into a game, you do not ever need to be disrespected that way, in my opinion. <laughs> I feel like at 30 hours, we're, we're, we're close to – we've been together for a while. Yeah, that's – You don't need to like – That's a Triforce go, piece fetch quest go, Wind Waker go type. Go get me nine more rings. See, everyone always brings up the Wind Waker thing, but that did not bother me. I guess I love that world so much yeah, that it yeah. wasn't bad. This this one, it's go talk to this guy. Go pick up these quests. My my least favorite part is there were two quests designed around the idea of these random collectibles that they tell you the continent they're on, but they don't tell you what part. So what does that make you do? Run all over the place mm-hmm. until you find the collectible they want you to find. Uh-huh. Oh, man. That's... It, is, it, it was the – like if you heard so – That you, almost it, broke it, In your mind, yeah. if you just heard the brakes screeching to the good things I was saying, that, that was it for me. Like yeah. I felt that way. After that, got, I got through that, though, as a one-time ordeal. And I will admit there are a couple – one too many, I feel, fetch quests in this game. But overall, it's a fun, good game. Like, it's a great game. You can read about uh, other feedback on it. The skills are my favorite part. Combat is really good. I just hope you have a lot of time on your hands <laughs> <laughs> because you're going to need it. So this is very much a Wii U owner game, right? Yeah. Like, if you have – if you're a single – console kind of person. And you got six this months. This is the game to get right now. <laughs> and you need something to do for a while? Yes. Yeah. This yeah. Is Speaking, because, I mean, let me be honest. I, I love my Wii U. I, I play plenty of uh, Wii U games still. I play 3DS every day too. Man, that that Picross thing is just uh, it's such a time suck. But <laughs> but when I look at the lineups I have right now, new on all the other machines, yeah. like Xenoblade is not number one in the list. And but I now, think I think Xenoblade's placement it, on your list depends on how much you like JRPGs as a whole. And I hate mm-hmm. to call them JRPGs, but this RPG was made in Japan yeah. and therefore tries to do things in a different fashion than, say, a Fallout 
or another western no i get that it it definitely has a different flavor but and i'm gonna play it it's just not gonna be like i just don't know when to do it in december even you know just looking at the rest of the month and the stuff i need to play still i need i need yeah so my Um, favorite weird thing of that game and i'm gonna end on this is that when you get the skulls and you get the prototype engine you can fly anywhere but the funny thing is everyone in your party does not have a skull because maybe i had one my fourth party member was not 30 it was not level 30 i was trying to uh, do what I could to get her to level 30 as quickly as I could. But this is where I noticed this. I would get in the skull. I would fly up to the tallest tower in New Los Angeles. Um, and when I would land, the person would be there, like right on the right edge of the building. I'm like, how the heck did you get up here? Mm-hmm. And so then I would fly off the edge of the building, and you'd see her run to the edge, jump off, and just disappear. And you're like, where'd she go? And then when you land again, she's back. And it's just the weirdest thing. <laughs> well, and we... it's not bad. It's, yeah. I'm not trying to point it out as it's it's stupid or it's it's... Uh, I, I think, well, it's, it's not realistic. Like, I don't, I don't really care for that. It's just the oddest system I've ever seen. Like, she just jumps off every time. And there is a really cool story twist. <laughs> I will say that as to why. Um, I don't want to say too much. Well, don't say too so much. I won't say too much. Okay. Instead, I will say there is a school t- uh, cool story twist. I think <laughs> the storytelling is stiff. I think uh, some of the cutscenes are like your favorite. Pick your favorite uh, robot anime. It's got it. Like, it's got that scene or something like it. But then there's a lot of standing still and talking to each other yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah. And even though the voice acting is trying to convey something weighty and emotional and cool, it just doesn't come across that way. And yeah. that's a bummer, um, especially for a game in 2015 that gets artistically everything right. Because I think visually every corner of that game looks gorgeous. Yeah, And just, it is punching above its weight whenever in terms I of see, what that console can do. Whenever I see you know you playing it or it's, it's this like a – it's even on pause somewhere, and you see like the sky and the backdrops. Yeah. They just did a really nice job drawing the art. Mm-hmm. You know, like it looks good. I don't mind the little shortcuts, like a, a character member like taking. Oh taking yeah, I love it. I think world. it was really hilarious. I, I, you know, there's certain <laughs> games that go to lengths to prevent that. Like yeah. think of Metal Gear, where yeah. you can see your horse being fultoned away with a balloon. <laughs> right? Like you get into the helicopter, somebody's yeah. picking up your horse, yeah. and yeah. that's how it got there. Yeah, like that's uh, really funny. That's that's really cool, but. I I don't mind it. It's like yeah. it's that moment where you're like, well, it's a video game. Yeah. Of course, that person is not gonna like go on foot now. No, and, and I was okay with it. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't use it as a as an example of breaking immersion or anything like yep. that. Didn't bother me. You know what broke immersion? When it'd be really funny when I would land or like if you click in the stick and you're you basically turn into a car, like a vehicle mode, and you can take off. And the driving's not great. It doesn't doesn't look like it controls well because honestly, it doesn't. But um, when you transform back, sometimes your uh, your party mates just keep going, and you just see them end up in like the weirdest place. You're like, "Hey, I'm back here," and yeah, then they yeah. come back. I'm like, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> um, I think that stuff's cool. But anyway, we need to take a break, and when we come right back, we have to talk about uh, some interesting statements made by Nintendo's new president, and a little more. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Jose Otero here with Per Schneider and Brian Altano. Hi, Jose. All right. So let's start with, uh, we're going to go as a rapid fire here. First of all, NX is definitely a departure from Wii and Wii U, according to Nintendo president uh, Tatsumi Kimishima. He says, to time, I can assure you, we're not building the next version of Wii and Wii U. 
It's something unique and different. It's something where we have to move away from those platforms in order to make it something that will appeal to our consumer base. What does that mean? That means no motion controls. That's what that means. The Wii U was a a better Wii with an additional feature, and that was the tablet, right? Like yep. trying to appeal to people's, you know, the the just the development of tablet gaming and and people using tablets. But it was a device that shared a lot of architecture, especially the controllers with the Wii. And I think this yeah. is the new step that forgoes that. Yeah, I agree. No more motion controls. Nobody wants motion controls anymore. No. And by the way, that's not an argument to say that motion controls in Splatoon don't work. I love them. I always use motion controls. Works great. But guess what? That's built into every PlayStation 4 controller, too. And you can do that if you wanted to. It's built into the Vita okay, and all okay, those devices. Okay, okay, smarty pants. But that's got, different from got, the waggle motion controls, the need for the separate controller, the okay. Wii remote. Yep. Okay, okay. That's gone. So, smarty pants, yes. I'm going to come at you saying. At you. Achu saying, but what does that mean Gesundheit. about? I don't think Achu. I don't. What does that say about uh, the blue ocean strategy? The strategy to grab the non-consumer. I think. I think lives on in this next platform. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they have more to gain yeah. by doing that because if they just chase hardcore gamers, they're chasing them against two titans right now that are kind of uh, in, in a in a pretty bad fist fight as it is. I don't think they want that audience alone. Mm, yeah, it's but not. That, it's not really much of a fist fight. <laughs> It's but, pretty one side. Okay, it's one but those, yeah, one, one, titan, one of those kids is bigger yeah. than the other. Okay, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> one titan Way is bigger. torn into a, a thousand pieces and buried under the mountain. Yeah, one okay. titan came in, happens to some titan. Yeah, all one, right, all right, all right. Come on. They punch the, themselves in the face before they but, even walk. But in. motion, but motion, and I'm not, I'm not making the argument to keep motion control. But I, what I am making the argument is that motion is a way that those people can play video games without the barrier of buttons. It a was seventeen button controller. It, I don't know if it was a it seventeen was. button controller to someone who does not play games traditionally is a hurdle. No, and it might not be that. It might not be the 17-button controller. Like, again, NX might not be a PlayStation 4 you know, competitor. It's it, We know Nintendo. It's going to be something different. But I do think it's going to be a little bit more hardcore because that is the game-buying audience that has no problem buying $50 games unless this is a device where you buy 99-cent games. We'll see that. Right. I don't, well, I don't right. see Nintendo loving that. that they, they don't like that marketplace. They want to make more money on games. They want quality. But, okay. but their mainstream strategy now is this mobile outreach where they are telling mainstream gamers, hey, isn't this fun? Come, the water is warm. It's, it's in the NX. Which right? I find interesting for them to be saying that so much because that's been your modus operandi for years. You know what? When people bought a Game Boy or a Game Boy Advance or a DS, you wanted to make it a good experience. Why? Because you wanted them to buy your home console. But there was still a, a $200 entrance fee on top of that, right? Sure. To buy a Game Boy, you have to say, I like playing games on the go. To buy a phone, you don't. You bought. You have. But regardless, a phone. the experience work, is still the focus. Let's, let's toss the money out huh? the window. It's still that commitment to if we give them something good here, they're gonna like us enough that they might come over and we move to second base. I don't. Yeah, maybe. The 3DS does not do a good job. Right, is, is that where we're going with this? <laughs> the 3DS does not tell you to buy the a second Wii U very much. No, it's, and they don't talk to each other. No. And I think that's been a problem for 
uh, this platform specifically, I mean, maybe with DS, but it didn't feel as pronounced. No, they, I mean, they, they never they talked tried to each with other. GBA. They, the GBA, they created a product that lets you link no, the device. And then they, they made one or two games yeah. for it. They talked a lot about co- connectivity, connectivity. I remember the this mysterious DT project that was supposed to bridge the platforms. It just didn't work. No. It okay. was too unwieldy, and I think they gave up on that. Okay, so let's backtrack again to your whole motion controls out. That blah, was, blah, that's blah, one blah. element. It, well, and, and, and this is more to his statement of this is not the next Wii or Wii U, what does this say about Zelda? Everyone's assumption right now is that Zelda is going to show up on two platforms. Is that the case or not? Does Zelda just live as a game that comes out on a console with a 10 million installment? I mean, he said in the same interview that, he, that their focus right now is to still satisfy Wii U owners, right? They're mm-hmm. not giving up on that, that was entirely. That a big part of it. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, Iwata has said that too. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think, um, and honestly, I was, I was talking about this on GameScoop uh, yesterday, but I, somebody asked me if they should buy a Wii U. And for the first time in a very long time, I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, if you asked me a year ago or even seven months ago, I would have been like, absolutely, it's got a great library. And it still does. It always will. Um, but right now, we're just so close to – I mean, this is already going into into production. The NX is going into production in a few months. Yep. A so few like, months. That's nuts. Well, if. I mean – Maybe. Maybe. Well. If that, it's, it, it's not fact, right? Um, I got the same question via email, and it was someone who – it was a wedding gift for the bride – and my advice to him was, get her a Wii U. And I was like, because he's like, well, should I wait for the next thing? She really wants this game that's out now. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you should get her that game and that system now only because we don't know if NX is next year. Right. A and B, um, launch lineups are really thin. And you don't know if the games on that thing are going to be something she wants, where she's telling you flat out she wants this mm-hmm. thing. Why not go for that? Yeah. I think it's case by case. I think if you get a good deal, you should. I think there's plenty of games you could play. And Zelda is around the corner. I'd buy a I console hope. for Zelda every time. Yeah. 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 No have. question. Yeah. yeah. I and, bought a GameCube for Zelda. And, and so I, I would still advise people get a Wii U if they like a certain brand of game, right? Like there's just there's nothing like Mario Maker and Mario Kart and okay. Splatoon on the other platform. Okay. But let's, let's go back to the core question. What does this mean? for the, the I, That statement is so vague. It makes me wonder – Backwards compatibility has always been a thing too. Does that mean that's abandoned? Are you just going to settle for selling people games digitally and people who bought digital? Like how cool would it be if just like when you got your PlayStation 4, the day you entered your information for your PSN account, all of those games that got ported to PS4 were yours. How cool was that? I've been been asking for that for years. Yeah, as someone who who bought a new system, even if it was games I've played before. So, I mean, let's look at the history of Nintendo innovating, right? Like the the 3DS was not that big of a surprise to us that that happened, right? 3D was all the rage at the time. This was the era that came out of James Cameron getting everybody to the theaters paying extra money, right? Mm -hmm. The motion controls, like... Yes, that was something very, very unique. But I, I feel like Nintendo is kind of keeping with the times, right? They, they're looking at what is happening in the market. People love tablets. People, you know, there are all these people who aren't playing games. That's because the controller is too daunting. What can we do? Okay, make them wave it like a, like a wand or a tennis racket. So n- where are we now? We are now in a society where things are getting centralized for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have a Sonos. You have, you know, you you can stream your Amazon library to a device, your iTunes library to a device. It's mm-hmm. all about like this kind of centralized experience. I I think that's got to be an element in this machine that mm-hmm. you have your Nintendo Nintendo ID, which I talk about your your kind of games library, and you no longer have to worry about like, well, 
will it pour it, will it come with me? I think the answer for that has to be yes. It better be yes. Right? Like, it needs to be yes. Yeah. I would hate to sit here a year from now or six months from now and hear all those digital things you bought, like we did with Wii to Wii U, all those digital things you bought sadly don't count or yep. mm-hmm. you're paying basically a dollar extra for and them. Like, you can transfer them all to this thing and that's nice, but you've got to go into, as we say, Wii mode and everyone at the table goes, right. Well, especially because I know I know Nintendo has an entire registry of all the games that I've ever uh, typed in the codes for or registered digitally just or by bought. purchasing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, every digital purchase they have on record or at least they did when uh, Club Nintendo was around. So, yeah, I don't know. I think the, um, the motion control thing is interesting because it, it happened already. It's a thing that happened that stopped. It's like yeah. the Ronco grill or uh, exercise bike. No, honestly, I mean, come on. Like, let's look back at the Wii like it what it actually was. And it was a, a great system with a bunch of really awesome games. But for the general blue ocean populace at large, it was a thing they bought that they used for a little bit that went back into the box and went away, which is what's happening it's, with 55% of Apple Watches right now, which is what's happening with, with exercise equipment. You're in the anomaly. No. Keep going, keep going. No, 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 no. they just revealed just, this stat, by the way. Jose is oh, pointing okay. at his Apple um, Watch. Yeah, maybe. Go yeah, ahead. You're in the 45%. Woo. Congrats. Yeah. Uh, they, I, I think a lot of people, especially you know the senior citizen, the parents, the, the lapsed gamers and stuff like that, they bought into it because it was easy to pick up and play. That was part of it. Uh, the smaller part of it was that it had access to this robust classic library of games. Uh, the Wii U did that to a way lesser extent. Yeah, but it was also a really easy thing to whip out at Thanksgiving. or it, was an e- it sounds like it's a yeah, really which easy is a, thing to just, whenever families were together, do something with. And it, I don't think are, that was just marketing. It, I think that was... What people did. And it worked, but those yeah. are things that happen two or three times a year. That's and fine. They, they're still, I, I want to make sure that, you know, there's still a segment of the audience. They're not the active, avid gamers yeah. who still hang on to the motion control stuff. And mm-hmm. that's the expanded audience for sure. If you look at the sales of, like, Just Dance on the oh, standard yeah. Wii, yeah. right? Or Netflix. There's still a big audience out there. And, yeah. you know... People from Ubisoft have said the reason why they couldn't get Just Dance to ever perform on Wii U is that the platform didn't ship with the motion controllers yep. built in. And yep. so it was not Yeah, seen or that they didn't have Yokai Watch attached to it. I'm sorry, as, I had to say it. As a continuation <laughs> of that that platform strategy. Yeah. But I, I think it's really interesting. The the Ouya tried to do a little bit of that, right? Like yeah. in a what in a very Big very, hullabaloo that turned in a, out. In be. a very different way. They said, okay, all these Android games that you care about, you can now play on your screen. And so you have this giant library available. And eh, there was a caveat, right? Like right. The, the Android platform is just not as vibrant as the iOS platform when it comes to game playing. The gameplay, the time spent gaming on iOS is just much higher than on Android. And it's because of the type of consumer, because of the device, because it's not as uniform and everything. But you already ran into these little issues, like a game designed for a touchscreen. Suddenly you're playing it on Ouya. You got your little slider pad, but it doesn't quite yeah, work. That's going to happen. Yeah. That's going to happen again, though, but with a unified the, the, platform. The, the yeah. like thousands this. of people who back that idea idea not think about that one before they gave the money up like, well because, I, because no, it was a ch- no <laughs> i remember a, no, when everyone was like Woo, yeah this is gonna change well, hold on let's let's backtrack world. to that because it was an indie console and you you do want something like that to succeed it was an indie right? console at the end of a very long dinosaur console cycle and we yeah. were dying for something new and yeah. it was dirt cheap it was a hundred bucks and people yeah. were like I can get this cube yep. that can play anything there was the open source ideology of it too that yeah. you could do anything with but if you fast forward to now it was like now, the F.U. Hollywood version yeah, of a movie you exactly know? Like, yeah. but you fast forward to now I mean I was like I was shaking in my boots for on Nintendo's behalf earlier this year when Apple announced the new Apple TV <laughs> that shipped with a motion control thing I bought that thing. too Keep yeah. 
Uh, but the yeah, shipped with own a, one? Yeah, yeah I own right. one. It's shipped on. with a waggle motion control it device. Did. It even has and, a wrist strap that costs twelve bucks. Yep. I didn't and buy we it. Saw, uh, we saw those should be free. <laughs> uh, and we saw <laughs> we saw their, their twelve bucks. We saw their press conference where these people playing bowling and tennis and, and games like that. You know, and I was sitting there going like, man, if Apple releases a set top box that can go in every living room for a hundred bucks that gives them an entire ac- access to games, a kid's gonna walk in and be like, I can play a video game through there. And why would I do that through a PS4 or an Xbox One or a Wii U? Well, especially because um, Apple's part of the machine, the smartphone machine that basically grabbed the right. attention of so many gamers who were casual gamers. And where where are we now? Nowhere. Well, that I mean, did not our, make a dent. No one, well, no kids are playing that. No we, one cares. What Apple TV? Apple TV is a is a dedicated gaming console. No one cares. I think I think the people who care are not people we associate with very often. I also think that. Um, not market leaders. I mean, not anything that would no, really push this. No, but you are overlooking the... that. Like, uh, I, I just feel like the the casual games market and the fact that it moved to smartwatch is the reason the Vita is dead, mm-hmm. for for lack of a better way to say yeah. it. And 3DS did okay for itself. I think it hit 50 million installed, yeah. but after DS, like it it just it wasn't the same success story because yeah. so much the, of the attention went well, the, to the, other devices. The, the Vita is dead because it was trying to replicate a console experience in a handheld, which yeah. is not what people wanted. People want to play Uncharted on a 55-inch television, not a 4-inch one. Hmm. I think that was the main problem. Things like Killzone and Uncharted and Call of Duty do not trans- translate well, well to most Well, the audience that was interested yeah. in the other experience was too small, yeah. right? And, and like this goes right back to the, the, the idea we talked about for NX last year and on this podcast or earlier this year. Is it a bridge device? Is it a handheld that you plug into your TV? Right, right that you which take still with sets you. up the problem that, that not could, every game works on both. Yes. that could that yeah. could still be the case, right? Yeah. And that sounds yeah. to me still like a likely case that this is what the NX is. Yeah, I mean, play go play a DS game on your Wii on your Wii U if you want to see how difficult things can get when all of a sudden you're jumping between yeah. uh, different control inputs and stuff yeah. like that. But so I think it's just we're in a very different spot in 2015. The blue ocean is completely a different ocean than it is now. Yeah. Uh, there are no dedicated set-top boxes that also play games that are knocking it out the park in all those on the games. But, but and it's Apple still TV early. Still very yeah, early. It's still yeah. early it's still for early. Apple TV. I think that yeah. the, uh, you know six months to a year from now, we'll really start to hear if they are, sure. at, in fact, succeeding or not. And, right, but I mean, if then that's all the more problem for Nintendo. If in it a is. year, Apple's really knocking out the park with that kind of stuff, and, then I don't know. And some of the titles, uh, speak of the devil, um, <laughs> some, of the, some of the titles uh, <laughs> that, that, you're seeing, uh, yeah, that you're seeing <laughs> on uh, Apple TV now look really good. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, Graphically, I mean, yeah. we've they put Ocean Horn on it. They put Ocean Horn is yeah. on a it. gorgeous Wind Waker yeah. clone. You've yeah. got uh, stuff like Rayman. You've you know. also got uh, what, Crossy Road, which and, at mm-hmm. the end of the day is it's a, it's a it's really Frogger. weird Frogger, but it's hilarious, especially as t- with two players, which I've done with casual gamers, and they love that stuff. Sure. So what you'll sure. see, I think, people you know as they're using the Apple TV more, will discover some of the games and will try them out, and it's a it's actually a good experience, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like it. It does not suck. It does not have some of the hurdles that the Ouya had to to break through. And there's certainly already good games on that machine. It's all about install base, though. Right. So if getting they, enough so if, Apple TVs out there. And that market is fragmented, right? They are, exactly. they are Rokus. They're all these Fire TV players. But the things. one advantage that market has, and I'm going to tie this into our next topic, is that it is it is that unified account strategy that if I own Transist- Transistor on my iPhone, I now own it on my Apple TV. Yes. Yeah. If I own Crossy, well, Crossy Road's free, so it's not a great example. But there are We're other so games that um, I give the minute you. you you bought it, you have it across anything yeah. that they make if they decide to port it there. And I think that's a really smart thing that Sony does, or at least for as long as Vita is going to be around. And that's a smart thing that Nintendo needs to do, honestly, because yeah. yeah. Apple and 
don't know about Android, but a lot of companies are basically following it. I'm pretty sure it's on Android. I, so, I tell you what the NX isn't, though. It's what? not going to be VR. There's no way. No way. Go home, no. VR. I think, I think they, they tried. With the Wii U, they made the problem of moving away from that we would like to play a bunch of people in the room hanging out to this very insular one person hanging out over a tablet thing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't translate well. They are about getting people in one environment and having a great collaborative yeah, evening yeah. or afternoon playing video games together. So. Well, I think, I think uh, just to help you out a little there, I do think it was a bit of both. It was one person crowding over a gamepad for some games, and it was one person trying to play a game with many people. Well, that was the and pitch. Some of those I mean, games were were cool. That but was, there weren't many of them. Uh, that yeah, that was the commercial, right? That was yeah. the pitch. But we didn't really get a lot of that. Go for it. What Nintendo Land had some stuff. No, like I'm that. just yeah. Yeah. if, if you were or, if you were Nintendo, you were going to create a true bridge device like mm-hmm. the centralized Nintendo library that you always have access to. What would you do with the motion control games? I mean, I don't, I cannot see Nintendo doing oh, no, the no, no. doing the doctor's bag strategy where you're like, oh, now I'm going to attach this thing to this thing. Like they're not going to do that again. But Wii was already you, ridiculous. You, you yeah. say but that's that. what they Wait. did with the Wii U. And, well, and you say that, but I we're talking about done. a yeah. company that was willing to make a $20 peripheral so you can use your GameCube controller on a very popular franchise that they have. So I think it depends on product. Yeah. But I agree with you that the motion games may just disappear. Like In other words, like Skyward Sword you're not going to probably play on an X because you're not going to have a controller that supports it, at least in the box. You have to make sure everyone has that. Ironically, the Wii U gamepad could totally do that. The what, Skyward? Right. Uh, yeah, there's Skyward? Up, and, up and down swiping. You there's totally do with There's now. diagonal swiping. You swing you in that sword and everything. It. That'd be what? dangerous. No, I mean, like, all the... For puzzles, maybe not for fighting the entire I, this, time. This irks, me, this irks me a lot, but, like, the beauty of the simplicity like, of, of the Wii, right? The first time we ever saw that controller or that console, and they're always floating in white space, and there's minimal... You don't see wires attached to it. Fast forward to my Wii U, which looks like a damn octopus, because it's got uh, an external hard drive plugged into it. It's got a charging cradle for the, for the controller, which sits next to my TV. It's got a GameCube controller adapter into it. There's USB ports on the back that both are used up by... My, by other thing. Right. I have pro controllers. I have Wiimotes. I have freaking nunchucks. There's you got so the Mario much. Mario Kart racing wheel. Yeah, if, if that's what you need, you got one of those too. <laughs> and they took this thing that was like, here's, you can play everything with a remote to here's 50 different things. And they need to move away from that. They need a unified controller that plays everything, which they can't do because their history has touchscreens and waggle and motion controls. So. Okay, so I got to push this forward because we've been on this for a bit. All right, next Kimishima. topic. Uh, on my my Nintendo and Nintendo account, Kimishima talked a little bit more about that. Now, we heard that in their last investors meeting where they talked about how Nintendo account and my Nintendo, you would obtain points in traditional ways, like through purchasing software. Yep. But the Nintendo is also looking at non-traditional ways. By accessing our content, you may find it uh, anywhere that you basically find our, 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 uh, our IP. You have? Are you drawing on the on the on the table? Yeah, I think I found one of Marty's beard hairs. <laughs> Ew, that's nasty. All right, all right. Let me let me reel it back in. Uh, so <laughs> you can use your points to get benefits at places like theme parks, or perhaps when purchasing merchandise, Nintendo themed merchandise specifically. There will be opportunities for these points to benefit the end user. It is very important for us to establish both of these things, but in order for people to create a Nintendo account, we must first make them want to do so. Connecting all of these areas will establish an account and global membership service. What was that and in the middle on. part? What, what, what middle Sorry, part? No. They're gonna they're gonna want they're gonna have to want to sign. <laughs> yeah, up. they're gonna have to want to, and it better be good. No fish called Wanda fans. Into what, yeah. Well, I mean, you're in a, you're a you're a, a, a oh my, club Nintendo. Um, 
Former, former, former club, former club Nintendo. We all, I mean, we, we all are, right? Yeah. Bo- I wasn't. I hated that thing. I don't know um, why you hated it. I really didn't like it. Really? Uh, but yes, didn't like it getting was free super, stuff? Yeah. No. It was super inconvenient. It wasn't something uh, I could do quickly and easily on my phone. It was entering okay. codes yeah. that yeah. were well, nobody liked long. The, nobody liked I had to that fill f- out a survey. Yeah. Thing <laughs> like, broke, yeah. Just send me the statue. No, Remember I, that talk, that rant? You're totally right. You're totally right. It was a fetch quest. Yes, it was. was it? Okay. But I like the ideology of randomly rewarding your heart hardcore users yeah. with tangible goods. Like, that's a cool that thing great. to get, to okay. exchange a bunch of digital uh, games or points or whatever. Um, to have that sort of reward system, I liked when they when they launched the Nintendo Wii U, the deluxe, uh, what was it called? The, that customer reward system that gave yeah, you five yeah. bucks back on every yeah. whatever. Digital deluxe promotion. I got a ton of free games out of that. Like, by the end of the, the two years or whatever, year and a half that they did that thing, um, I got a, mu- a bunch of money back on eShop, and I took all that money, and I put it right back into the store, and I bought more games, and I got points for those that I used to unlock things on Club mm-hmm. Nintendo. And I mean, um, and they have the data to see whoever was part of that program, how much of that money they actually yeah. used, so you probably helped fund this cause. I probably honest. did. Yeah. Um, and I know that like Club Nintendo, it started off so strong, and um, it had good years and bad years, and it eventually fizzled. Like The last few months were – Everything felt very cheap. A lot of the things they sent you were like it took you six months to get them. They just felt it felt like stuff you'd get from a dollar. It's store. funny because my my memories of Club Nintendo are Japan got this, yeah, yeah. and then you just see the tear, the trail of tears across the internet. That was later yeah. in the beginning. We got the the Game and Watch and all the good stuff and that Mario statue. Just looking and, back at all the cool things, you got the Hanafuda cards. Yeah. I mean, that, that Mario statue has been on my desk at IGN for five years. Yeah. So which I guess is my, like, I'm sorry. I guess my question to you both is: Do you like what the, you're hearing so far in terms of my Nintendo and Nintendo? account i apologize for the cutoff yeah i mean it's like most things nintendo i love the concept of it the execution is going to be everything that's like i mean question. i was excited about virtual console for wii u uh and that's kind of fizzled out same thing with 3ds you know like we've got very it, it always starts off very strong and then trickles out into nothing and i mm-hmm. hope this is something i hope they create something that lasts and yep. that rewards me consistently um and that they're they're fresh with the new products and offerings. And it doesn't – one of the main issues with Club Nintendo was that they would put something up and it would disappear within like two days, mm. uh, which made it impossible. It was always this huge fight and you never knew – it felt like gambling. You never knew when to spend your coins. I knew people like Goldfarb. I have that Luigi's Mansion statue on my desk. Yeah. Goldfarb spent all of his coins on something like two days before. Yeah. And that Luigi's Mansion statue came up and it was gone within a couple of days or whatever it was. Yeah. And now he just doesn't have that. And you can go on eBay and spend real money, but that defeats the entire purpose of yeah. it. So, mm-hmm. uh, no, like just the cost, like the interactions with uh, the club yeah. members was bad, right? Like yeah. it, you never got a sense of being part of a club unless you went elsewhere again. Like you had to go to a forum and somebody's like, hey, this item just went up. You're like, yeah. Wow. You know, yeah. it's like, it's the same. We talked about Mario Maker level discovery. To. In the beginning, it was like that. <laughs> and they're fixing that. Hopefully, they're taking this seriously. I do like the comments he made. He says, we need to get this right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I that gives me some reassurance. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's I good. can't wait until there's this app that's gonna give you a notification right now that uh your insert chotsky yeah. thing here just went up and you're like and you're trying to fumble with your phone to to get it as yep. fast as oh, you yeah. can I mean, because yep. it's gonna be gone you've in seen, minutes. You've seen it already. You've every time an amiibo has gone up for pre order somewhere and you see paradise you just see around a, the room. A trail of dust yeah. because you guys took off to yeah. run to your computer. Are we going to talk about his Amiibo comment? I do want to talk about his Amiibo comment. And, so and I also want to I talk also about think, his other comment. Yeah, okay. So first comment is, and I want to couch this as a conversation about the problem with Amiibo right now isn't supply. 
All right. So mm-hmm. Kimishima said to Time Magazine that Nintendo's earliest goals for Amiibo was to connect them to software that would entice consumers. You'd see your friend using Amiibo in a cool way, and you'd say, oh, that's dope. I should buy that too. Problem is, Amiibo are being picked up more as collectibles and not as something that's interactive with your machine. Now, this is interesting because they've sold like 10 million. There's 10 million we use in the world, but they're not one, they're, that's not 100% attach rate there. Yeah. And they've been very careful never to claim such things. Right. Yeah. They see the data usage in terms of who's using Amiibo and who isn't. Yeah. This was an interesting uh, thing to me. So the challenge for Nintendo is to tie basically Amiibo to software in a meaningful way. I'm glad he said that. To their IP in yeah. a meaningful way. And so far, they have not. Yeah, I'm glad, he, I'm glad he said that, though, because the first sentence sounds like we're dismayed how consumers are using this as a collectible rather than as a toy uh, that works with the games. But then, you know, he says we need to supply a meaningful connection. That's the core issue of Amiibo. Unlike, you know, Lego Skylanders at all, they are, they are not essential or the enjoyment of a game. Yeah, and I'm sure those guys yeah. those guys are all probably scratching their heads going like, how the hell are they getting away with this? <laughs> we have to make games all the time. <laughs> yeah. like, we had to develop yeah. all these. There's, there's, Disney, they're making a Disney Infinity, Star Wars, Force Awakens yeah. pack and everything like that. And yeah. Nintendo's like, oh, uh, we got toys in the store. Enjoy. Yeah, but, the but I do feel is... like they're, those companies, it's a bit more predatory. It's a bit more if your character died, you need another statue to use it. Like in Disney Infinity, that comes up. If yeah. you if your if your Luke Skywalker d- falls in combat, you better have a Leia statue hanging but around. But it makes it also more meaningful. It. I, I hear it? you on that. I feel no, like that's I, silly. I, like she's dead again as a parent I can get annoyed at the fact that you in Skylanders you have an area and it's like ah you need a fire guy and you're like oh man you know but at the same time it makes ownership of a figure like that more meaningful and like when you buy a a level pack and it has the characters from that level in it and you're getting that level to be unlocked like that's your DLC package is way more meaningful than a triple pack of Animal Crossing with two stupid llamas yeah a triple pack of Animal Crossing characters who essentially don't do anything right like you you can play all of the games that use those amiibo without ever having to worry about that that character mm-hmm. pack. Which is kind of why I stopped collecting them, yeah, honestly. Like, um, like, Yes, you do. You still have them. He's, he's you know, faking you it. Know. No, actually, he's... I took about 60% of my amiibos and I put them in storage over the weekend. What? Yeah, but I just didn't want them on my shelf anymore. I was like, I mean, I kept them. I didn't sell Brian. them. I'm going to finish the set. Oh, his wife was like, thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was, she was kind of happy yeah. about it. I mean, there's, I still have a bunch of them out, like the Rob Robot and Game of Watch and the, the Mario. Like a lot of characters that I identify with that I love that because I grew up playing those games. So you didn't keep the Smash Brothers ones out? No, I, actually... I kept a lot of those guys oh, out. Yeah. Right. But uh, guys like Lucario or, you know, I got rid of people like that. Like, get off my shelf. I don't like you. Get Why off are you here? Shelf. You're here because I collected you as part get of the set. Get off my shelf. Yeah, and it's yeah. got it's All right, Harrison. Buying Amiibo actually taught me a lot because it a taught me that you don't need one of everything. Yeah. Um, because just collecting something to only collect something is kind of a, mean, a meaningless hurdle, you know. Yeah. Um, um, collecting we've come what, full circle, man. Wait, like this, wait, this wait, confession. I'm not, here, I'm not yeah? convinced. That, but that, but it's on. also it's also opened up a gateway drug to me buying other things like Star Wars toys and things like that, where I am able to not buy every one of them because that's insurmountable. Instead, I pick and choose what I like and I put it on my desk, and there it so is. So you've gotten you've gone probably ninety percent of the way, and, you and I'll finish. To tell me oh, that was going to be no, yeah, I'll finish. Buy Ryu. Dude, you're not gonna buy Cloud. I'm you're three, not gonna buy. I'm three away. I'll get a set and I'll put it in storage. It's more and I'll figure than out three. What? what four? Maybe. Who's who's left? <laughs> Lucas Ryu. Lucas um, Ryu. Cloud. 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 That's it right now. Roy. Uh, Shovel Knight. 
Shovel Knight. Uh, he doesn't count. We don't know yet. I, I pre-ordered yeah, him a long time ago. There you go. But the Animal Crossing guys were when I was like, I don't care about this llama and I'm this rat and whatever. I didn't care about the llamas either, but they came with a dog. Yeah. I, I like, like the, the dog. dog. I take the llamas. Like Dixby? Oh. oh, you mean KK? KK Slider. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I just, I think it's important to understand that like you don't have to have all of them. And yeah. Even having them all together, it looks cool, but well, I mean, I don't like a lot of those characters, so I don't know why I bought them to begin to, with. To me, like, it I just shows Puff. that- what? Even, even though yeah, the I mean, you really don't, yeah, like don't, don't, I'm sorry. It's like me and Waluigi. Just don't yeah. don't talk about it. Um, no, I, I do want to say though, I did find it weird to, <laughs> to see like a year later. <laughs> stop it. Uh, a year later to see Nintendo uh, co- sort of come out and say this. When I think from the from the get go, we were all kind of excited because the idea of owning figures that worked across multiple things is something that just wasn't done. Right. Like unless it was another Skylanders. The, the figures didn't carry over into, like, another Activision game. You know what no, I'm trying to say? No, no. If it isn't Disney Infinity, doesn't mean it was another Disney mm-hmm. Interactive game that supported them. So it puts Nintendo in a unique position where you can do something cool across multiple games. The problem I see is that they didn't do something cool with that. And so yeah. for me, yet. it yet. And so for me, that sets off, first of all, the big question for me is, what does the Twilight Princess Amiibo do uh, the the Wolf Link Amiibo do in Twilight Princess HD. What do the other five ones do? They better not just be costumes because I think you're you're still undermining the same problem, which is I don't have to own these if the thing I'm getting is not that cool. Right. I also feel like in Splatoon it was a mistake, and you always pick on me for this, but I still think that the ability to replay stages with different weapons is not a cool thing. Make it something else. Right. Like To me, that is just – in a game that shipped with so little, that was – a, a half slap in the face. Like, I felt like that was really strange. It was an odd choice to me. It still is. Go ahead. I see you judging no, me. No, no, no. My my difference in opinion wasn't that it was a cool thing that those those Amiibo unlocked. It wasn't. In that Splatoon, game, yeah. But it at least served as a reason. There was a reason to own them because they did something special. Right. And, like, that, my issue with, like, Mario Maker is cool that you can just swipe and get all this stuff, but you can get everything without owning those Amiibo. And like but don't you like that being the bridge so you're not committed I, to having to buy those things? No, I, I I don't I think it's fine that they can serve as expansion packs. Okay. I I don't have an issue with that because like if I'm really into a game and I want to unlock an expansion pack, I actually don't mind that I buy this kind of physical toy with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I know that I've, that's not how everybody thinks about it, right? No, for sure. They don't well, want to clutter to me, up their home. To me, it says that they are going to continue to pair Amiibo in 2016 with big games, mm-hmm. including Zelda. I mean, we already know Zelda, the big Zelda Wii U game is going to work with the Wolf Link Amiibo. We just don't know what it yeah. does. It, um, but which, that says to me they're going to continue to double down on that, it, but reapproach this whole, what does it do? They yeah. back themselves in a corner, though, because like this whole they work across everything is now going to run into the limitations that you can't possibly make a game that supports them all. Unless it's like the little character sprites, right? Which which was like I feel like between Mario Maker and Woolly World, there were two times in three weeks where I took all fifty of my amiibos off of the shelf Mm -hmm. and brought them out in the living room and putting put them all on the table and scanned them one by one, one by one to unlock every single costume in the game. And like you know, I'm I'm okay with doing that here and there with a couple of things. Like I did pre-order Twilight Princess for Wii U. I think that's like a cool amiibo. I will get like here and there one-offs. Um, but I think if they announce a, an entire Zelda set, I wouldn't be as thrilled about collecting that right now mm-hmm. for a number of the reasons we're talking about right here, which is like, one, there's just too many of them. And two, I just it just hasn't really been proven why they're tangibly connected to the gameplay experience just yet. Um, if they make something where that works, we can have that conversation. If there is that very specific Zelda game that works with 12 Amiibo and you need them all to play the game, then yeah, we'll talk. 
But for right now, like there's a lot of dead ends in the Amiibo line. Like Game & Watch will never do anything outside of a couple of skins here yeah. and there. No, it's true. You know, Splatoon I... Girl will never do any, or Inkling or whatever, will never do anything. These characters, <laughs> Splatoon Girl. Splatoon Girl. It is these, I. Yeah, these characters uh, are basically, they just stop. You know, Silver um, Mario. How many times is Silver Mario going to unlock something? You know, like I, I think to me it says that every, I, I don't know, I, oddly enough I'm taking away from this that every game is going to somehow now shoehorn Amiibo in some way because right. they are, in some ways, desperate to give you a reason to really find yep. something to do with it. Like, I, I feel that way. The newest Picross has specific exclusive uh, Ooh, I haven't done that statues yet. that yeah. you have to scan in your Amiibo and you could, you know, sort of do the Picross math thing yeah, and, cool. and end up with like a that? really cool Mario thing. No, I actually yeah. did like that. Yeah. Um, no, you're, you're right. And I think we talked about this in the past before about how all of that does increase the base value of each one, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I think that's really cool that you buy one toy and it has seven functions across yeah. know, six, six games or whatever the hell it is. Um, that's great. But – the, most of those functions are very sort of non-existent or tiny. Yeah. Um, it, and that's why I personally took a bunch and put them away and freed up some shelf space for some stuff that looks cool. Because yeah. Yeah. It's funny because the core, it's one of the core values of a collectible like that would be to give you a costume that's meaningful. And a meaningful costume in a game is usually in an MMO yeah. Or, a or multiplayer any game. online game yeah. where you can show off what you have, right? Like, <laughs> funny you bring if, that up because yeah. Splatoon is this online game that everyone can't stop talking about, but that doesn't have that. Yeah, and so that would be the perfect thing. But if we those, have said yeah. on this show, I think Unlocked Marty it. himself has, who has been a guest on this show, has said, if all it was is a costume, I'm kind of disappointed. Really. Well, that's I think what he said. I, th- I mean, look, it, all it is isn't a costume because the promise is they work across all these different yeah. games, right? And like that yeah. w- doesn't apply to every game. I think the problem is that Nintendo doesn't have a lot of games where you have that show off value. I mean, the two are Triforce Heroes and Splatoon. And if these uh, costumes actually, yeah, one of those games actually unlock yeah. costumes, that would be a meaningful use. And right. Funny that you bring it up because one of those games shipped with no Amiibo support whatsoever yeah. as a first party game. Mm-hmm. I, I think 2016 will be first party. Yeah. Every first party game will have it in some capacity, with the exception of Rhythm Heaven, which please, if you're listening, put that game out in 2016 over here. I Pear and Brian need to play that game. I would be overjoyed if they played that game. Yep. Maybe Super Mario Galaxy will have Amiibo support. Speaking of that. Oh, you're uh, just going to drop so that in at the end there, huh? Kima, Ki, Kimishima, <laughs> my boy, uh, talking to I'm Time, explaining what the fellowship positions mean. Now, I don't want to make a big deal out of this because I feel I do. in a conversation with translators, this could be a mistake, but I'm nope. the conservative guy in the room, whereas Pear likes to be the, the guy who uh, will go out on a limb. I, I'm, he was I'm answering the, how as far as I'm the, the second, molder to your scully. Yeah, one hundred percent. As far no, I'm older. You're Scully. Uh, as far as the second big role that they have goes, he's talking about uh, Miyamoto and Takeda. It's really working day to day with the talented staff we have at Nintendo and growing and nurturing that creative force. You have people like Mr. Kono, responsible for the Mario Kart series, or Mr. Koizumi, who is in our Tokyo office with Mario Galaxy and whoa, so whoa, forth. What? Why'd you say Galaxy? It could be that uh, that is the most recent amazing game that he associates with this person. Yep. But I don't think so. I think, I think he slipped. I think he messed up. I think uh, – why would he not say the Mario franchise? Because his last game was not Galaxy. It was another Mario game. Uh, this is truth. I mean right? 3D World was the next thing that EA did. 3D World yeah. was, yeah. The, was and after that. I don't that. know which part of Nintendo worked on Super Mario Maker, but – because Kwaizumi and those guys weren't attached to it, I don't think they were involved at all. Um, it was it was sort of younger staff, new staff at mm-hmm. Nintendo. 
Um, but I why found say that, galaxy? I found that really curious this morning, but at the same time, I think it's one of those, it can go either way. Nope. It's either the translator, you, whatever. You, <laughs> no. You, you've been wrong before. They, uh, <laughs> the CEOs mess up all the time. It's true. They, they do. do that. They do. Movie directors mess up all the time. It's the guys who are like, well, hold on. I don't know what's announced yet right. and what isn't announced yet. Like that, that happens all the time. You listen to an Activision so earnings the next call, 3D Mario and you will hear about a new game every time. Is is a galaxy game? Huh? Is what we're, we're, I think we're so. gonna what you want to draw from this? He's either doing the HD version or they're doing a new one. All right, like it's like why would he say he's saying he's saying the correct thing? This guy mm. with Mario Kart and this guy. And then he says Galaxy. Yeah, Instead he of didn't the say Super Mario, Mario Kart series. 8. He didn't say Mario Kart uh, no. Double Dash. He he named a very specific, la- the last very ultra-specific awesome installment in 3D Mario. Half-Life confirmed. I think. I Wait, think what do you think? What do you, you just think, heard Ryan? the quote? What I just like think? watching you guys fight. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> we're not fighting. Scully here doesn't want to believe. Oh, whatever. Um, I think it's a. I think it's completely logical that that game. I'm Sherlock Holmes and you're Watson. Continue. Yeah, I think it's completely logical <laughs> that that game is happening. Um, I I'm kind of going to side with Pear that he slipped and said something that he I shouldn't hope he have did. said. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we all we all hope. Like yeah. I groaned because I was like, "This is a funny story," but I want a Mario Galaxy. Yeah. But I also want another 3D world, so I'll be happy either sure. way. You know, well, in a year that you're putting Twilight. Princess HD in the hands of a, a studio to port it. Yep. Um, why not do that with Galaxy? Why not give people Galaxy HD? But I'll tell you why. Galaxy HD is based around motion control, which at the end of the day, guess what? Wii U doesn't have guaranteed as a controller in the box. Oh, that's very light motion control. Doesn't matter. It's motion control. Yeah, but that's like what do you mean light? You, you point star bits at things and shoot them with, oh, the, with the, your little pointer. All game, of that stuff is the gamepad can that, handle you all didn't that. Need that. Uh, you I think didn't that stays. That. You don't just make that no, disappear. The, wait, what do you mean the gamepad can handle all yeah, that? Yeah, I agree. It's got a I don't agree bar. at all. It was all. light motion control. I don't. You can replace that stuff with what? That's the same way you point in Splatoon. Literally the same way you point in Splatoon. I don't think so. What are you talking about? Not sa- it's not the same thing. Well, the only you're, thing you're pointing that pointer mm-hmm. at a screen to grab everything around you while you I, are playing. Right, the game. that's how you play Splatoon. It, that's it, not how you play Splatoon at all. You, you aim and shoot at things. Well, that's what this is doing. No, it's not. <laughs> We're gonna throw them in the Reichenbach Falls. And okay, what I will give you is that there's parts where you have to spin jump, and there's parts where you have to. That's what I'm talking you have to about. Balance on a ball and a, a manatee or whatever. Remember that, thing that? Was. this whole hold the controller like <laughs> this and do all this uh, weirdness. What was that? A, I a, do love the a, delicious. A, <laughs> we gotta go. I think no, we're see. out of time. No, you're like, well, look, we'll see. Maybe I don't think this is, this is like the Skyward Sword argument. Like, this Skyward Sword is not gonna be an HD I, game. Like, we both agree on that because not every Wii U comes with a motion. I think it'll come. No, I think it'll controller. come back someday, but I agree with you that that out of like all disco, the Zelda games gonna come back. Is, is the most difficult game to do. Like, you know, for a non-motion control console, it is harder to do Skyward Sword. But Galaxy, that was just thrown in, man. That motion control stuff, like waggle to go star crazy. I don't, I don't think yeah. it's that simple. I'd rather Player two point at some like waggle bits, to go star whatever. crazy. I, I think candy, I, if anything, candy, I think he's talking. Horns. <laughs> I think he's talking Galaxy Three. I don't think he's talking HD anything. No, like, I, that, I, that's, I agree that's with me. you. I, 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 no, would, I agree with if you. If I'm gonna jump on your ledge, uh, that tiny ledge that you oh stand my God. on, I'm gonna say <laughs> Galaxy Three. You're going and down. 
on the It's time falls. to go. Uh, thank you for listening you, to Sherlock. the Tundo Voice Chat. We are a weekly show on IGN, but we're not the only show on IGN. In fact, Up at Noon is a regular thing that Brian Altano yeah. slaves over a hot stove for you every week <laughs> to bring. I make a nice sauce. Yeah, he brings the sauce. Listen to that show. Check that show out. You can find Pear. Where can they find you, Pear? On um, Twitter at uh, Mario Galaxy <laughs> is real 1971. <laughs> Great year. Yes. Write in with your feedback. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, we always listen to your emails. You can uh, email us at mvc at IGN.com. You can also head on over to iTunes, leave us a review. Sorry about the Xenoblade review again. You guys will get over it. I better promise be. you. Huh? <laughs> I say you better be. No. I am sorry. Uh, <laughs> and not because the boss of the no, company is no, in no. the room <laughs> making me sweat awkwardly. Never over take this. a shortcut to publish a review when you're not sure of what the entire mm. game experience yep. is like. Yeah. And then be ready for the pain. Uh, and lastly, you can find us on Twitter. You can find Brian Altano at... Agent Bizzle. The great Brappa himself. You can find the German wonder child, Per Schneider at... Pure IGN. Nice okay. accent. Thank you yeah. very much. And you can find myself, Jose underscore Otero on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll be back next week with more Nintendo Wish Chat. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.